Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Okay, everybody, welcome to the All Too Real 2 podcast. I am your host, Michael E. Cohen II, and with me, as always, is... Matthew Haas I. Yes, the one. It's a new thing I'm doing lately. The only. Yeah. Matthew. Well, it's not the only, actually. There's a guy who has, runs a construction business <laughs> who's named Matthew Haas, and there's also a pastor from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. <laughs> That I know of. Well, we're giving them some free advertisement I right now. I talked to them once on <laughs> AOL back, way back in the day. Anyway, I was looking for people with my namesake. Anyway. <laughs> so today on our show, we're covering something a little different here. We're, uh, well, we're wanting to dive into uh, common misconceptions that people have about, you know, history and religion and advertising and different things, you know, just... You art. know, art and, you know, life in general. Artsy fartsy in general, yeah. Yes. You know, I've known a lot of artists and I don't think any of them fart. Uh, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, so, um, Matt, you chose five misconceptions and I chose five misconceptions. Yeah. Um, do you want to start with yours? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, the first one is that the, I guess the people in the history world, I, I wouldn't call it common. I guess it's a common misconception among people, history buffs, but is that the, the word idiot comes from a Greek word. And that basically, uh, you know, was like a insulting word, you know, someone who's just like willfully ignorant or just someone who doesn't 
Yeah, like the modern the modern interpretation yeah. of the word idiot, and like whether it, stupid or whatever. It doesn't yeah. actually didn't actually mean that. It just meant someone that was not essentially not like a politician, someone someone who didn't work like in the actual um, political establishment. That's all it meant. And then and then it meant and then it kind of it kind of went down the road. And then it meant someone that's not very knowledgeable about those kind of things and then it, then finally it became to be anyone that's just someone who's like you're an idiot you know but it didn't originally it just meant someone that didn't work directly in that field like they were like a shopkeeper or whatever but they weren't like they weren't like a senator or someone in the establishment so basically yeah. it, it like if so if you weren't uh, in politics or in government or something like that you were basically an idiot is that what like I'm anything at all like if you yeah. if you like were a farmer or like I mean anything. If you're a poet or a musician, you were an idiot because you weren't. You, you weren't, weren't part of that. Yeah, and then it, then later on, it was people who don't have like because it's people like me and you who, who study stuff but we're not directly involved in it. Yeah, those people were idiots too because they weren't. They didn't have like a job or career in that type of so like in thing. in in this theory then like President Trump would not be an idiot. Uh, unfortunately, yes. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> unfortunately, and and he would he would make the cuts in um ancient Be- Greece because he's a president. He would have been. He may even call something else in ancient Greece, but yeah, uh, but I don't think. But he would not be called an idiot. No, something may have happened, to which him, he is though. often called today. Yeah, though, but yeah, in in today's vernacular, yeah. So, <laughs> so so maybe if somebody does call him an idiot, we're just saying that he's a, he should be a private citizen and not the yeah. not in government. Yeah, there, that's mean, that, all we're trying to say. We're not uh, trying to call him stupid. We're just saying yeah, maybe. Anyways, um, let's not get political. And <laughs> which is hard for me, but when we do this show, I'm very good at keeping, yeah uh, uh, holding my my tongue. But um. I just quote directly. Yeah, it's kind of weird when I see him holding his tongue. It's weird. It's I mean, hard. It's I, weird. I mean, I it's hard for him to talk. I don't get it. I don't know how it. I do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll just quote directly from the the Wikipedia for a second. It said, uh, "You know, an idiot was simply a private citizen as opposed to a government official." Later, the word came to mean any sort of non-expert or layman, then someone uneducated or ignorant. And much later to mean stupid or mentally deficient. So it went through a long process of deterioration, basically. Uh, so, so, so in a way, people were stupid and misinterpreted the word "idiot" yeah. as meaning stupid. Exactly. Okay. I mean that. So they were kind of ignorant, and they. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess that's a great. That happens to a lot of words. Mm-hmm. People they change the meaning to. Oh yeah. Like the word literally describes what they're doing, and then they they change the meaning. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of words that change over time. I mean, yeah. it just depends. Yeah. And so. they'll mean something completely different. You know. Right. And I guess it kind of makes sense because, you know, you could sort of trace a sort of like elitism, um, for how this word has changed meaning. Because if the word just originally meant someone uh, who did not participate in civic life or who did not vote and then it was simply a private citizen as opposed to a government official so if the word changes meaning over time then it almost suggests that that's kind of how they thought of those people and then it just kind of slowly turned into so it was a dumbing down of the word yeah but but almost kind of means that they probably thought that they were kind of like 
ignorant or uneducated. Yeah. Even, even if they didn't say ba- Basically that. just trying to say the, the private citizen was like s- stupid. stupid in a way compared to uh, like a senator or yeah. something. Yeah. But then it officially became that the official yeah. word meant that late, probably many centuries later. But So that's that's my first one. And uh, so you got more here. What's your second one? Um, The second one is another hit. I was like on a history kick here. So okay. um, this was um, uh, I didn't even know this was even theory or whatever but because i studied this history a lot but i I missed this one but apparently it's commonly believed that the library of alexandria was destroyed by um the caliph umar um ibn al uman ibn al-khatab who was the second caliph of islam and that i guess it was believed that the muslim army destroyed the library of alexandria in 641 a.d and it says a common misconception alleged that that um, Caliph Umar ordered the destruction based on the reasoning, quote, if those books are in agreement with the Quran, we have no need of them. And if these are opposed to the Quran, destroy them or its variation. Um, and it says this story did not appear in writing until hundreds of years after the alleged incident, most famously in the work of Bar Hebraeus in the 13th century, and contemporary accounts of the Arab invasion do not include any account of the library's um, destruction, which is interesting because I, di- I didn't even know that was a, a thing. I didn't know that people I mean, believed that. To be completely honest, I had never even – I mean, I had heard the word Library of Alexandria Alexandria before, but I had never done any kind of research on it. I mean, I'm pretty learned on a lot of things, but I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, well, it was, so. it was a famous library, I think, in Egypt, because Alexandria is still a city in Egypt. I think it's mm-hmm. that, and I never heard that, because to me, uh, which was interesting, because to me, I've you know, I study a lot of like history, especially like Arab history, Islamic history, and like that kind of part of the world in general. Um, <clears throat> it was usually quite the opposite of what would happen. Whenever Muslim armies would conquer a place, they would actually preserve the knowledge, yeah, and they would translate into Arabic, and then. Um, you know, the people would adopt Arabic language, and so then from then on it would kind of spread because, you know, like like in Spain, for example, um, you know, they, they they spoke whatever language was the original. I'm not sure what the original language was before Spanish, but they would speak that and Arabic, so then it would get translated into that language and both, and then so it kind of started, the, the knowledge was then kind of like spread all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was kind of surprised to hear that their theory that they would destroy a library. I'm like, yeah, I mean, is, is that kind of like, I mean, that the just kind of on a tangent here, that Spanish thing, is that kind of like why some of uh, some words in Spanish and some words in Arabic are very similar in pronunciation? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're not necessarily spelled the same way, but they're similar sounding. Yeah, because in like the, I think it was the late or the middle or, or um, beginning of the 18, or 800s, like so basically the ninth century. Um, I forgot which which um, dynasty. I think it was a splinter splinter dynasty. Um, end up conquering Spain. Uh, there's different accounts as to how it happened. Um, some accounts say that the people were 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 very happy to be conquered. You know, which I'm not sure if that's true or not. But, but <laughs> well, because there was a lot of there was a lot of bad stuff going on within the society at that time. Oh, okay, so maybe and they so were kind of saved by the conquering in a way pe- somehow. There were some people that were kind of. Like at least glad to 
have I guess a little, little bit more better overlords. I don't know, but so it depends on what side you're on. But like, um, so like uh, Arabic, you know, became like a, a prevalent language at that time. Like, and it was um, a lot of people were speaking it. I mean, it was there was actually a time where uh, uh, like Christian scholars were actually very upset that uh, a lot of the Christian students. Uh, wanted to learn Arabic so much and wanted to imitate uh, how the Muslims dressed and ate. And, you know, they're like, well, you know, these, they shouldn't be doing this. You know, they, you know, it's yeah. like, what are they doing? You know? And um, so like, yeah, words like guitar is, you know, it comes from Arabic, which is, I think it's like guitarra. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think yeah. it's very similar. Um, there's words like, um, like, uh, like Olay actually comes from the word Allah. Um, yeah, it's like I can't. So there's I, lots of words. I can't like, remember where I saw it, but there was a video I saw a while back. Um, it came up like in my Facebook feed or something, where it was they showed this this uh, like Mexican girl and this Arab girl. I mean, I think they were both like like a Mexican American and an Arab American mm-hmm. girl, and they both spoke you know English and and their uh, and their uh, you know heritage language, I guess you could mm-hmm. call it. And they uh, they they would they were given English words. And then both of them said that in their native, in their in their family's native tongue, mm. and it was funny how yeah. almost all of the words that they said were very similar, just spelled differently, like maybe a K instead of a C or something, you know, yeah. different things like that, or you know, just slightly different. It was just funny. I can't remember what words they used, but I saw it, it was probably like a year ago. I saw this, but yeah, it was just kind of interesting, and I always thought that was kind of yeah, kind of cool how people. I mean, because the thing is, if people just break things down, we're more alike than we are different. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's like that part of the world in general is interesting because like like the, the city-state of Malta, I'm not sure if Malta is a country or if it's just a city. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that That's kind of near, I think, near Spain or kind of around the area. And like uh, it's, you know, almost entirely uh, a, a Christian country. Yeah. You know, almost everyone there is Christian or maybe – or at least culturally, if not if not religiously, but most of the people there they still they still call God Allah, even though they don't. Most of them aren't even Muslim. So it's like it's because that was. Well, like I mean, the word Allah means God. Well, I right? know, but it's yeah, usually so, something yeah. you would you would. Um, That's why it bothers me when people think that there's a different God in right. Islam than there is in Christianity when it's just basically the it's, same word. It's, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, people could say, well, I disagree with, you know, this theology that's not the same thing as then saying well it's a totally different personage or what you know whatever type of thing like but but yeah so like yeah they would um say I, i'm trying to remember what words i know i know guitar comes from arabic i know um i'm, I'm blanking on the spanish stuff but like in english though we still have lots of words like candy comes from an arabic word um coffee comes from an arabic word yeah i mean it's, it's alcohol kind of, is arabic yeah there, there's a lot of it's things like, that influenced you know I mean, I think English has a lot of words in it that are from other languages. Yeah, anyways, lots of languages, yeah. yeah. Um, sheriff is comes from Arabic from Sharif, I think, and um, like I said, alcohol because um, al means the, and kahal basically is like the inebriation. So basically, alcohol means the kahal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which which is the the you know the substance that um, uh, I think sugar. Um, I'm kind of going on a weird tangent here. Yeah, now. Malta, by the way, I just looked it up just because I was curious, is uh, is um, known as the Republic of Malta. Okay. It is a southern European island country 
consisting of um, archipelago and Medi- uh, um, consisting of the of an archipelago in the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's not that it's close like, to Spain. Oh, it's um, it's eighty kilometers south of Italy, um, two hundred eighty-four kilometers east of Tunisia. Okay. Yeah, and uh, three hundred thirty-three kilometers uh, north of uh, Libya. Okay, so it's so, kind of yeah. like interesting. Like it's really close to a lot of different places. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was the main misconceptions because um, you know, say what you want about conquering armies. I mean, this is a this is a part of history, unfortunately, where people conquer other people. But in, in the case of the Muslim armies, for the most part, they would actually preserve uh, the knowledge and they would um, translate it into Arabic and or other maybe maybe Persian. Because there was a, a you know a few Persian dynasties that were really um, huge during back in the day, um, and they would pretty much just learn and, and build upon that knowledge. You know, even you know even even stuff that they didn't really agree with, like because there was like some disagreements that some some people would say, well, you know, they should burn the books that talk about like polytheism or different gods or whatever. Say no, we'll just keep those two, just read them. And um, yeah, I mean, there were some fundamentalist groups that did though burn yeah. like stuff or get rid of you know knowledge or whatever. But those groups didn't last that long because, uh, spoiler alert: when you don't know things, you don't really tend to last very long. <laughs> and then you become an idiot. We're trying to learn. We're starting to learn this. Yeah, we're starting to learn this <laughs> now. That lack of knowledge isn't something to be proud of. Yes, <laughs> by both of these like uh, <laughs> misconceptions right. we've learned. Yeah. Yeah. That you know, in the end, you're just an idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah. The new version of idiots. So speaking of idiots, uh, your next one um, is another misconception by idiots. I'm joking. This one, <laughs> I've heard this one so many times since I was. Me a kid, too. And I believed it for so long. And Me too. I just, I eventually, I went to, I went to research it a while back, but then I kind of forgot about it. But the, the, it's the idea that the Vikings uh, discovered Iceland. And they named it Iceland to to deter other people from settling in there because they didn't want to live on a planet or sorry a country of ice. Yeah, but it was that was really lush and green. And yeah, I've always heard I've always heard the thing is that they they named Iceland Iceland and, and green, Greenland yeah. Greenland even though it was more icy or something. But Greenland's yeah. got plenty of Greenland yeah. as well. Like if you see yeah. pictures of Greenland, there's plenty <laughs> of Greenland. Yeah, and there's sheep. You know, being raised, that it's not like it's just full of. It's ice. not like it's like Antarctica yeah, exactly. or something. It's yeah, not, it's you can live. I mean, people live on Greenland, like for real, like not just scientists. Like there's, you know, like scientists, you know, are the only people that live in Iceland. Like there is no Icelandic community, but Greenland there is. There's a government. There's it's a small group. I think it's only like maybe fifty thousand people. Uh, who live in Greenland, you know, or maybe make a hundred thousand, but you but say yeah. only scientists live in Iceland. No, no. In oh, wait, not Antarctica. I think, oh, okay. yeah, I think you said Iceland. Oh, okay. oh so I yeah, was confused for a second there. I was like, I no, know. No, no, uh, no, Iceland's a pretty, which is kind of ironic because the one person I know that lives in Iceland is, 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 is our friend Sean, who's an, a scientist. But yeah. anyways, um, <laughs> no, no, Iceland's a pretty <laughs> yeah. established country. Yeah. But Greenland's a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah, Antarctica, I think, is only scientists. I don't really think there's like a government or country of, of Antarctica because there's just not really anything to do there. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, I remember that 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 like that double thing of like, oh well, they said Iceland was Iceland and you know green, so that that way they would trick the people into going to Greenland, and then they'd be like, oh no, it's full of ice. 
But, like, that still, like, assumes that just because it's full of ice, that means they're stuck there. Like, they can't move. Like, once they touch the ice, they're just, like, stuck in place. Like, oh, those damn Vikings. But anyway, so. Once you land on, on some land, you're not allowed to leave it. Didn't you know that? Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> and um, and this, this, this name I'm going to completely butcher so yeah. badly. But it says, um, Nadad and Harafna Flyoki Vilger Aursen. I know it's wrong. Both saw snow. I guess they were like explorers, probably. Um, both saw snow and ice on the island when they traveled there, giving the island its name. So that's why it makes sense. Ice. It had nothing to do with tricking people. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, too, if people are gonna they're gonna go there anyway. It's not like, oh well, they say this place is Iceland. Don't go there. Like, like no one's gonna ever find it. Like, even by accident. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know we didn't have, you know, Google Maps or anything at the time, but still, no, you know, you people. you had compass, you had maps, yeah. I mean, yeah. But what I'm saying is people still would travel places yeah. and venture out and do exploring and whatnot. And plus, you're not telling me that there was not at least one Viking that got drunk at home and was like, yeah, we told them that was both Viking, and someone overhears it, and they're like, yeah, they lied to us. Yeah. Those people. <laughs> they're idiots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're idiots. Um, so that's all I got for that second one or whatever, third one. or Yeah, third one. Third one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what's your fourth one that you had? Uh, fourth one is um, this misconception that uh, Marie Antoinette said let them eat cake when she heard about people were, like, starving from, like, a – not plague, but, like, a um, – dro- not drought, but whatever, food shortage. And she, you know, said that kind of, like, disparaging, like, so, like, well – let him eat cake then, you know, type of thing. That, that, then she never said that. Um, she was an unpopular leader, and um, people used that for propaganda purposes to basically kind of end up leading to her, I think, execution. I think that was one of the things that ended up leading to her, I think, getting killed. And make her look like an idiot? Yeah. I'm going to keep coming yeah, back to this. No, I'm sorry. Good. I like that. I like that callback. But um, <laughs> she, um, what really happened was the, the phrase, this is again quoting straight from the Wikipedia, said the phrase was first published in Rousseau's Confessions when Marie was only nine years old. And most scholars believe that Rousseau coined it himself or that it was said by Maria Teresa, the wife of Louis X. IV. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good at Roman numerals. I'm used uh, to Arabic numerals, which is what we use. <clears throat> I think that's 14. Okay. Okay. Yeah. By the way, by the way, we use Arabic numerals for those who want to complain about certain things. We we use Arabic numerals. So yeah, that's get, the get over it. that's the common numerals <laughs> that we use every day. You know, the one, two, three, four that you're common with. Not yeah. not the Romans that were forced to learn once in the third grade and then we forget about it, like I just did right now. But anyway, so yes, uh, the wife of Louis the Fourteenth, and even Rousseau or Rousseau or Maria Theresa did not use the exact words, but actually let them eat brioche, which is a rich type of bread. I didn't even say the French because I know I messed it up, but Brioche. Brioche, yeah. Which is, you know, like a new popular thing you can get, like, at burgers with brioche, brioche, whatever, bread. How is it said? Brioche? I think it's brioche. I might be wrong, though. That's how I've heard it pronounced. Like, you can get brioche burgers from, like, fancy, whatever. Anyway, I don't like that kind of bread. Anyway, so Maria Antoinette was an unpopular ruler. Therefore, people attribute the phrase, let them eat cake to her, in keeping with her reputation as being hard-hearted and disconnected from her subjects. 
And uh, which is weird because there's actually even some kind of there's actually a little bit even debate about that that she was hard hearted. Of course, that these could be like Marie Antoinette apologists, which I'm not sure why they would be still like, yeah. 300 years later, like defending her. Like, God damn it, she was the nicest. <laughs> queen ever you know whatever but no there, there's actually been some i knew marie antoinette <laughs> you are no marie antoinette <laughs> exactly. but uh, but i guess there have been some like historians who actually have suggested that she actually wasn't that um that cold and that she actually was kind of um cared a little bit about the she thing. wasn't a cold-hearted snake no but that there was so much propaganda because this was i think right before the first um revolution with the paris commune happened which was like i think probably the world's first experiment like in communism that only lasted like three weeks before the commune was overrun by the <laughs> by the bourgeois but um but anyways that was um, a good run but it was a good it was a good try dry, dry run <laughs> like like um glenn from superstore yeah now if you want to get paid just make sure you clock in <laughs> good dry run <laughs> oh i didn't know no one told me <laughs> kelly sweet kelly anyway so and um, but yeah, so there's that, and I guess you want, want me to do the last one. Yeah, you, yeah, l- yeah. Let's do your last okay. one, and then I'll I'll move on to my five that I've got here. Okay. Mm. Um, this one I just learned last night because I I had accepted this misconception forever, but that again, this is a straight quote from the Wikipedia. Um, immigrants' last names were not Americanized voluntarily, mistakenly, or otherwise upon arrival at Ellis Island. Officials there kept no records other than checking ship manifests created at the point of origin, and there was simply no paperwork which would have created such an effect, let alone any law. At the time in New York, anyone could change the spelling of their name simply by using that new spelling. These names are often referred to as an Ellis Island special. So basically, yeah. the idea that Oh, they couldn't spell that name, so they just wrote it down, whatever they way they. Well, I think you know, I mean a lot of it. I think basically what happened was these people didn't want people to associate them with their native land or right. whatever, so they changed their names. They I mean, probably did it themselves. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure because I haven't had my genealogy done, but I'm pretty sure my last name McCullen was originally O'Cullen. Right. And the O got dropped when they came to the states because it's just easier to say Cullen than O'Cullen. Well, and plus, plus too, they didn't want to. Yeah, there was a lot of Irish prejudice, and there was like yeah. a lot of Italian prejudice at the time. Right. And, you know, different, you know, different prejudice for every every country that came in. Well, like my, my family on the Polish side, um, which was named Majeski, uh, actually was what used to be Majewski. Yeah. Ma, and I think it was even spelled Majewski. And so they wanted to yeah, remove I think they might have wanted to um, remove any kind of Jewish connotations I, or something. Even, I, don't I don't think the name even has anything to do with that. Yeah, but, but maybe they were. Yeah, it may have been. And yeah. I mean, who knows? And I mean, there's also like, you know, it's in pl- plus a lot of times they just want them kind of like there were people, too, that would just, you know, they'd have some really long, you know, foreign name. And they're just like, OK, now I'm Smith, you know, right. or Jones or something like that. They would just come up with a generic, you know, short name right. or, you know, if their name was, you know, like their their name could be, you know, like they'd keep the original mm-hmm. first let- letter of it, but then just shorten it to right. something you know, like I know a lot of names like Moore and other things like that originally were like, you know, different names on top of those and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I know because like my I know my on my mom's side, they didn't change the last name because it was always in And there's pretty sure that's the German name is how it came over from Germany. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, so now if you have that information and all you need now is my uh, 
as long as well as Matt's. You know, all, <laughs> you, all, all you need now is our social security Damn numbers it. and I stuff know. like that, and you can uh, you can um, you know. I'm not trying to give you any ideas here. If I no. find out any of our listeners, <laughs> no, don't you dare do it. No. Anyways, um. And plus, too, I was thinking that maybe some of these people didn't really know how to spell very well. Or oh, that's true. Advice. I mean, they uh, may have just tried to guess. And they might not know how to spell their names. Right. You know, I mean, it could be like, you know, a, a long name. Like, what, what was uh, what, what was your... Uh, Machueski. Machueski. I yeah. mean, they might not have known how to spell that. Right. So it was just a guess and how they spelled it. And then it became, you know, what it is now. Yeah. Could, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and same thing with, I mean, even with O'Cullen, it could have been, too, that they're just like, uh, you know, because O'Cullen just means of Cullen. And right. that was like the land my family was from or something. There's like, there's, there is like... a area called cullen in right. ireland you well, know there's so. also an irish um uh, mythological character named ku cullen yeah who was i'm not sure if it's spelled the same yeah. way or not, but he was like a uh, a god or a warrior type person and, you know and, and as i did some research on the last name cullen which we're just going off on a tangent <laughs> here but um you know i found out that like you know my ancestors may have came from germany and made their way to ireland oh I, like so, the original one yeah like okay. the gaelic people that came there were actually a lot of the gaelic people that settled in ireland were originally from Ger- the area that is now germany a lot of people yeah were. i mean and the english people were yeah originally came from germany yeah and ireland's not too far from right you know and, and there are cullens in ireland too it's a po- pretty popular name and, and i looked it up like the last name is pretty popular in england i mean it's most popular in the united states of all countries right more so than ireland that's why they call it Anglo-Saxon, because yeah. mm-hmm. Saxon is where Germany was. And, and then so. somehow that lady that wrote the Twilight books decided to steal my last yeah, name. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. understand it's, that. It's, it's, I'm not a vampire. But also, too, not just the last name, like names. Oh, yeah. Well, like Edward, well, yeah, my, my great-grandfather like, was Edward Cullen, weird, and like, my grandfather was Emmett Cullen, which right. are both in those Twilight books. Yeah, strange. Stephanie Meyer, I don't know where she got it. If you're listening to this by any chance, Stephanie Meyer, please... <laughs> Please uh, contact me, email yeah. me. My personal email address is mike at cullenpark.com. I'm pretty sure you know how to spell Cullen. And, um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay. So that's all of my five. Yeah, um, so so the first one I had um, is a historical religious one sort of kind of thing. Okay, here we go. Um, the historical Buddha was not obese, <laughs> which, you know, people have those chubby Buddhas or laughing Buddhas. Um, that's a 10th century Chinese folk hero by the name of Budai, B-U-D-A-I, I think that's how you pronounce um, In uh, Chinese um, Buddhist culture, Budai came to be revered as an incarnation of Maitreya, M-A-I-T-R-E-Y-A. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, um, who who would become the Buddha to restore Buddhism after the teachings of the historical Buddha have been forgotten. Mm. So it's kind of like a future Buddha. Yeah. So it's not the way that the real Buddha looked. He was, I mean, probably skinny. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Especially since he went on a lot of hunger strikes and yeah. other things too. So I'm just, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. so the laughing fat Buddha that people put in their dashboards and, you know, that aren't Buddhists at all and just decide <laughs> to. <laughs> just decide it looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and some some of them are Buddhists though that do it. I like, guess. Like like Hamway, yeah. the restaurant Hamways. Did no. you ever go there? No, I never there went there. It was a restaurant, you know. They they serve you know regular food or whatever. Like yeah, they had all this Buddha stuff and they were serving meat. It's like I'm pretty sure Buddha <laughs> is vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally the original Buddha was, but yeah, he grew up Hindu. But whatever. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. That's kind of. 
Kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. That'd probably make me think twice about yeah. eating the meat if I came in there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. When the clo- I mean, it was kind of like when I was in the... One one of the things that made me stop eating red meat as much as I, I used to, because I don't eat it that often, and uh, the <laughs> the um, was when I was in the line of a Burger King right next to a farm where there were cow- oh, cows grazing while I'm so in the drive-thru. That's so wrong. I'm looking over at this cow mooing, and I'm like... Uh, that's so sad. Yeah, I'm going to have some chicken nuggets. Uh, and um, <laughs> what, what, if, what if you saw a chicken farm though, right across the street? God then damn maybe it. I wouldn't eat chicken. Then you get a fish, and there's a pond there. Yeah. Like, God damn it. I do admire vegetarians and vegans so much because I, don't, I could never do that. I I'm tried sorry. To do I it. tried it, but... I, I can usually go like two or three days without eating meat, and then I, it's like... I've I've never been able to go like a whole week. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've tried. Maybe I'll get there someday. Yeah, I I, I, I can to. try. I, I, I did it for like a month or a month and a half oh, wow. once, but I, I've never done. Yeah, this, but, but they they say things can become a habit after twenty some days, but I still it didn't. Well, they can, but you also have you to, can break them. You yeah. have to find good replacements too. You yeah. Can't just, you can't just abstain and then have nothing. Yeah, and this was like you know this I mean? was like about fifteen years ago too, and there still you know I mean? wasn't. I mean, there's a lot better well, food yeah. now. But it's kind of like, let's say, if you're, if you're used to eating, like, you know, 20 or 30 main dishes that have meat in it, yeah. then you know how to make two vegetarian dishes. Then Eventually, you're, you're going to get tired. Tired of those two dishes. You know dishes. what I mean? So you, you'd have to, you have to get um, creative, replace, <laughs> get more replacement. I yeah. don't know what the word is. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. But, yeah, I, I, I think I've actually been to a burger king. I'm not sure if it's the same one. Is it in Michigan? Yeah. Yeah, I've been to that one. That's, like, in, uh, not Monroe. That's, like, in, what, Lambertville? Yeah, I think it's, it's like right over at, like, Temperance <laughs> yeah, or Lambertville I've, in, in I've been Michigan. I've that same one. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's where I had it. I was, like, just sitting there, and I'm like, because this was, like, you know, this was maybe 20 years ago or something when this happened, and I'm just sitting there, and I was I was going to get a cheeseburger, and I'm looking over, and I'm like. And st- but sadly, Mike, it probably isn't even those cows that are being killed. Oh no, it's I know it's some not. Factory farm. Oh, it's sure. like not these nice. No, it is. Live on this nice little. Farm. It's not free range no, cows no, by any like, means. God damn it! Like, <laughs> it's like at least you know use those. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny little tangent. But it's kind of like you know when you go to a seafood restaurant and you see the lobsters in the. <laughs> I've always felt so sorry for. Them. I know. I've never owned a lobster ever. I've never had lobster in my it's life. Not, I, I don't eat seafood. It's so. not even good. Yeah, because I, I can't I seafood makes me sick, so oh, really? I can't really eat yeah. it. Um. Anyways, okay. So my next uh, <laughs> my next one is another religious based one. Um. So, okay. Uh. In the book of Genesis, the forbidden fruit that is mentioned is never ever identified as an apple, mm-hmm. but um, it often is portrayed that way by most people, and most people think it was an apple. Um. It's a uh, um, a misconception that was why this, according to uh, Wikipedia, was widely depicted in Western art. The original Hub- Hebrew texts mention only tree and fruit. Um, early Latin translations used the word mali, which m a l i mali mali I don't know, which can be taken to mean both evil and apple. In early Germanic um, languages, the word apple and its uh, um, cognates usually meant simply fruit. <laughs> so, you know, most fruit was called apple. Huh. Yeah, or something at the time is basically what it's saying. And German, German and French artists commonly depicted the fruit as an apple from the 12th century onwards. And, uh, and uh, John Milton's, uh, whoa, A-R-E-O-P-A-G- 
I T I C A. Yeah, whatever that's called, <laughs> uh, from 1644, uh, explicitly mentions the fruit as an apple. Um, Ju- Jewish scholars have suggested that the fruit could have been a grape or a fig, a wheat, um, an apricot, or an etrog. I don't know what an etrog is. I've never heard that one before. But uh, it's obviously a fruit of some sort. I think too apples were they even really native to that part of the world? I don't know, and I mean I think I it's mean, it's like you know because like people, it's like I'm I I have to look this up sometime. Maybe we can discuss it in another podcast sometime. But like, why do we? I mean, is this from the because it's from the tree of knowledge or whatever? Sometimes they say you know uh, things, and is that why we give teachers apples? Oh, that's in. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's actually a really interesting. Yeah. Uh, question. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to research yeah, that to research that. that and talk about it in a future episode. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll do another misconceptions episode or or just, or just you know just like strange facts or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's that's what that is. Um, yeah, I just find that interesting. I you know it's always an apple and like movies and mm-hmm. paintings and books and everything. You know, it's just kind of interesting that it became that. Um, the next one, okay, Abner Doubleday did not invent baseball. Most people think he did, you know, and um, nor did it originate in Cooperstown, New York, where the Hall of Fame is now. <laughs> and that's why it's there, because people thought baseball originated there. Um, it is believed now that baseball evolved from other bat and ball games, such as cricket and rounders. Um, and it uh, and first took its uh, modern form in New York City. Not Cooperstown, New York, so, but New York City. Um, there's no, there's, I, I've, I've been, I've watched several documentaries about baseball, including the Ken Burns, like beautiful documentary. There's no (laughs) real proof anywhere that Abner Doubleday even ever played baseball, Huh. (laughs) let alone invented it. It just became this whole like story about this, uh, you know, the civil war general who decided to, uh, create a game and make, and it was basically to try to totally Americanize everything. But it, but it was it was a derivative of you know cricket oh, and, yeah. and rounders which are both uh, British games. I mean, I mean it, it, it is I mean, its own game, but it's like the same thing. It's ki- kind of like in a way that you know jazz grew out of other you know other music music forms from like you know Africa and other places, and like you know in in like uh, slave you know yeah. blues blues and stuff like that, and it grew out of that. But it is truly its own art form. It just is. whereas, like, yeah. I mean, baseball is its own sport. It's not like it's it's similar to cricket. It's similar to rounders, but they're separate games. I mean, it's kind of like how football and soccer are similar in certain ways, but they're different in other ways or, you know, different things like that. There are They are their own sport. So it's not taking away the fact that it was invented in America and it is an American pastime. Right. I'm not trying to be all un-American or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, um, baseball. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, <laughs> but the fact is... Abner Doubleday did not invent it. But how how has it become known? Like how did he was I, he like the first baseball team owner or something? Or no, like, I, or? I like I said, I don't think he even had anything to do with baseball. So it just the, like just took it's, one person and just said it was him. Like basically, I I'm not exactly it. Maybe, maybe we can do a, another episode on that. Yeah, we could do something on Abner Doubleday. But I mean, he he was a United States officer in in the Union Army, and uh, Go Union. Sorry. It's like what it says here. It's like 
Yeah, it's basically um, they. Although, uh, although double according to Wikipedia, although Doubleday achieved minor fame as a competent combat general with experience in many important Civil War battles, he is w- more widely known as the supposed inventor of the game of baseball. In uh, Eli Finney's uh, Cow Pasture in Cooperstown, New York, in 1839, supposedly. Um, but uh, basically, we can go into it more some other time. But there is no proof that he was even there. <laughs> let alone invented wow, the game wow yeah it's just it it became like a it, it became like a wives tale sort of thing like a, a story that was just told it's kind of like johnny appleseed he was a real guy but the stories about johnny appleseed aren't necessarily the true stories of johnny appleseed right yeah so you know most people don't even know johnny appleseed was a real guy but he was so <laughs> it's just but it's kind of like in a, in another way where this one everybody knows that he was a real guy but they're contributing things to him that didn't actually happen. So, yeah, it's just kind of interesting, but we can go more into that some other time. Um, This next one, which is funny because I was watching a documentary the other day that stated the exact opposite of what this says (laughs) and perpetuated this uh, long-held belief that is not true. Okay, the common image of Santa Claus, or Father Christmas, as a jolly old man in red robes was not created by the Coca-Cola company even though I watched a documentary about Coca-Cola the other day that told me it was. (laughs) It was created as an advertising gimmick. They did did create, not that character, but they used him as an advertising gimmick. I can't say gimmick. Gimmick, 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 gimmick. Anyways, um, despite being um, historically uh, represented represented with different characteristics and different colors of robes, um, Santa Claus had already been um, taken in his modern popular culture uh, already taken his modern form in popular culture and seen extensive use in other companies' advertisements and other mass media at the time. Coca-Cola began using his image in the 1930s. Prior to that, he was already used for years in the red and white outfit, being a jolly, you know. But, like, if you look at, like, Father Christmas and stuff, he was skinnier. But then they just rounded him up, making him more like a, you know, happy old elf uh, grandfatherly sort of character yeah. you know that's what they did <laughs> and that makes sense because yeah. you know uh, you know back then uh, being you know being a bigger person you know usually meant that you you know had lived a pretty comfortable life yeah I mean nowadays obesity is usually caused by different and jolliness was always pretty much uh, linked to uh being well fed and uh, right. you so know you figure, well, this yeah person seems like he's got a good life he's got food he's got you know i mean hey we should have a guy like that you know yeah. give us presents mm-hmm. i mean he seems like he's have enough as enough as it is he can spare some and we can go into this more sometime maybe we'll do a christmas episode yeah, where we oh, talk about oh, yeah. different christmas things and stuff yeah. like that around december of yeah. one of these years one of these years <laughs> <laughs> anyways We're doing um a long haul on this podcast yeah it's gonna be a uh so project. so stay tuned in 2024 yeah. we're going to do an episode about Christmas. wait no if we're still alive <laughs> right? if we're still alive um, and and the world hasn't turned into like a Shannara type you know scenario where, yes where, you know, yeah. but we'll still be podcasting yes, regardless we, we no. anyways um my last uh my last common misconception the conception that i have here <laughs> sorry folks um was uh that uh thomas edison did not invent the light bulb Shots fired. Yes. I mean, 
I know everybody wants to think, and this is another one of these, like, oh, it was an American inventor who invented the light bulb. Thomas Edison really didn't invent Fuck most. Thomas Edison. Yeah, sorry. He, he, he screwed over Tesla. He screwed over a bunch of Westinghouse. He screwed over a bunch of people and stole their inventions. And he basically ran his, he had his factory. Basically, Andy Warhol based his factory of painters who he had pa- people paint all of his paintings for him on the idea of Edison's factory. Yeah. So f- basically, anybody that created something within this factory, Edison took credit for. However, this invention was not made in America. Uh, <laughs> um, he did. He did. However, though, we'll give him credit. Um, develop whether he did it himself or used one of his stooges to do it. Um, the first practical light bulb in 1880, employing a carbonized bamboo filament. But shortly prior to that. Joseph Swan um, invented an even more efficient light bulb in 18. Um, who, who then who he had invented this prior to that in the 1870s, but then went on into 1881 and improved on Edison's design basically and created a more more efficient one using cellulose uh, filament and. Uh, yeah, so, and Joseph Swan, I believe, was, I could be wrong here, I'm going to look him up really quick. Yes, Joseph Swan was British. <laughs> so, yeah, and, um, yeah, and he's known for the uh, incandescent light bulb which he invented, and also uh, the photographic process, too. So basically photographs and... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yes, he... Yeah, and... Um, basically, he, he went and worked with... Uh, um, he worked with Edison um, in what is considered to be Independent lines of inquiry, Swan's incandescent electric lamp was developed at the same time as Thomas Edison's, was working on an incandescent, at the same time as he was working on his incandescent lamp. With Swan's first successful lamp and Edison's lamp both patented in 1879, Edison's goal in developing his lamp was for it to be used as one part of a much larger system, a long life resistant lamp that could be connected in parallel to work economically with the large-scale electric lighting utility he was creating. This is all from Wikipedia, by the way. Um, Swan's original lamp design, which, with its low resistance, um, the the lamp can only be used in the series, um, in series, um, and short lifespan was not suited for such an application. So then they, they actually joined forces and developed what is probably now the modern-day light bulb that we knew growing up but now we have different kinds of light bulbs because we have led and compact fluorescent light bulbs and stuff so yeah but basically we owe swan not edison so maybe we should be paying our swan bill instead of our edison bill yeah anyways but uh (laughs) no but i mean whatever so that's uh that's that story and that was where my five and those were your five and uh 
Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I thought of another one. Yeah, go ahead. I was doing one of mine. Yeah, go ahead. Is it okay if I do it? Yeah, fine. All right, well, to video game fans, it's a common belief that the uh, <clears throat> American NES game Super Mario Brothers Part 2 is based off of a Japanese game called Doki Doki Panic. Yes. Which it is. But this gets really strange. Um, they they released Super Mario Brothers two in Japan shortly after the first one, like a year later, and mm-hmm. it was it was pretty much just like the first game, but a lot harder. So the um, people that were doing like the marketing in America said, "Well, that's not going to fly here in the states. It's too similar to the first game, and it's just extra hard. No one's going to really want to buy that." So we'll have to come up with a different thing. So at that time, so after. After um, they made the second one in Japan, uh, people were kind of the guy who was in charge of that was kind of just doing you know doing some ideas, coming up with concepts, and he pretty much came up with a concept that was very very close to Doki Doki Panic, and he was just kind of fooling around. But then the person who made Doki Doki Panic basically got that idea from him, and then made Doki Doki Panic, and then from there. They based that on Super... So, in a way, Doki Doki Panic is actually sort of inspired by, like, a very... I'm talking, like, a very basic prototype. I'm not yeah. even, I'm not even saying, like... I don't even think the guy even built, like, a level yet. So, it wasn't like Doki Doki... It wasn't like he already come up with a game and then Doki Doki Panic came out. It was it was a very basic thing, but... It, and I don't, I don't remember the names of these guys or whatever, so I'm kind of just... Kind of just spitballing here but um so in a way folks make sure you read about it and find out for yourself because reading is fun to reading is fun and um, <laughs> i'm trying to remember so basically yeah. so in a way i try to follow this this train of logic here super mario brothers 2 the american version is based off of doki doki panic the japanese game but the japanese game doki doki panic was somewhat inspired by a very very early prototype of a american version of Mario 2 that was not really in the works yet and then from there they just decided well hey we'll just take the game Doki Doki Panic and we'll just change the characters. Well, re- re- replace all the character sprites with, uh, and the different characters. With, and if you play and I, I still want to buy a super uh, a Famicom like the Japanese Nintendo but yeah. I don't really want to spend the money on it but I kind of want to. You can get clones now that I, you can play yeah, things but on. Yeah but I like to have the original. I might get it one day. Well, you know, One day when this podcast takes off and we're making lots of money I might treat myself to a family. If you have one extra yeah. one laying around, yeah, you, you want to send it to Matt, yeah, you know, just contact me. us at um, all 2 real 2 <laughs> at uh, gmail.com. Yeah. And, and then I'll play it and I'll review some games. And yeah. Maybe we'll do... But anyway, I would like to play uh, Doki Doki Panic because although it is very similar to Super Mario Brothers 2 for America, there is a little bit of difference here. Like, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Like, yeah. for example, the waterfalls are like atrocious to, to watch and Doki Doki Panic like, give you yeah, a seizure. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen them there. They look like they're kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, seizure-inducing. It, yeah, like it's, it's horrible. But, like, the music sometimes is a little bit better. Um, the gameplay is pretty much the same. Like, like the, even some of the characters are the same, like a princess character. That's how they got the idea. They go, oh, well, we'll just have Princess Peach be, you know, one of the main characters of, you know, Super I think the, the characters in the, other, in the original were like a family. It was. It was a family, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so I just I thought of that and I kind of like, you know, what? I always want to talk about 
Doki Doki Panic for some reason. I'll Maybe we'll do an episode on the on the yeah. on like the history of Nintendo or something. Oh, That'd God, be cool. I would love that so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. If you want to start researching that, Matt, we yeah, can. Um, I would love to do that and talk to you about it. Yeah. Um. The other one. Um. <clears throat> another one that's a common misconception that popped in my head too that I've read about several times and seen elsewhere, and many people have corrected this misconception over the years. But in case you've never heard it, um, most people think that uh, Napoleon was short. He was five foot two in French inches at the time, which were different than our modern inches. He was probably about five foot seven, so he was actually taller than me. He's like an average I'm short, height. but you know, at the time it was average height because men did not grow. I mean, like, you know, he was at the low end probably of average height at the time, you know, but most yeah. most French men were like about that size. But he never did himself any favors because he always rode a big horse. Uh, and he always surrounded himself with tall soldiers. So he was always shorter than them. Yeah, I so guess. in the in the pit, in the paintings and stuff of him, that's how he looked. Okay. And so in plus to his enemies when coming at them, you know, he was shorter than everybody surrounding him. So it's kind of the opposite effect of like where uh, you know, in movies people like Tom Cruise stand on crates and make themselves taller right. so they don't um <laughs> look shorter than their uh female oh, co-stars. God. Anyways, that's um <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should cast Tom Cruise as Napoleon in a movie. <laughs> don't don't feed his ego anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm sure if, uh, honestly, I'm sure if uh, Stanley Kubrick would have lived to make his Napoleon movie he was trying to make for years, he may have cast oh, Tom wow. Cruise because they did work together in Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, wow. Um, but, but anyways, um, if you have any uh, common misconceptions you'd like to share with us or anything, you can uh, feel free to email us at all2real2 at gmail.com. Um, check us out on social media and all that good stuff. Um, but uh, for now, I think that's all we got. Um, is that true, Matt? Or is that a con- or is that a misconception? No, that's that's true. Okay. That one's right. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.